Hello, this is Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. Today's guest is Lee Tomlinson, the author of Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare. He is also known as Patient Lee. His life's mission is to inspire healthcare professionals to return compassionate care to its rightful place at the forefront of modern healthcare to benefit patients, their families, and the bottom line, and perhaps the most importantly, they're often suffering burned-out selves. Award-winning television producer, movie studio executive and owner, former professional athlete, speaker, and TED Talk presenter, Patient Lee is alive today due to the combination of a lifetime of extraordinarily effective medical treatment and deeply kind and compassionate care. Unfortunately, during a recent battle with stage 3-plus throat cancer, patient Lee became painfully aware of the trauma caused by the treatment lacking in compassion that drove him to the darkest of depths. And what saved him from suicide was a tiny, simple, yet powerful act of compassion delivered by a loving doctor and friend. With his renewed zeal for life and a newfound purpose, patient Lee created what he calls a movement to reconnect America's 20 million healthcare professionals with the compassion that got them into healthcare in the first place. And I am so delighted to have you with us today. Talk about a second vision. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's the name of our show, Second Vision. I, I talk yeah, about we all have a course. first vision for our life, and then the second vision, and wow, what you've made of it, you know. So so tell us about your book and about the movement. Well, I, you know, it's, it's obviously a long story, but you, you summed it up beautifully well. And first of all, Kristen, let me just say thank you for having me. Uh, I am uh, delighted and honored to be here. So let's have some oh, fun. Well, it's, let's, uh, it's, it's a mutual admiration club. So we're, we are thank so you. happy to have you. Thank you. Well, so, um, you know, as you said, I, I have an addiction to adrenaline, which has led me to be hospitalized in six different countries. I've broken over a dozen bones. Uh, I've had my thumb pulled off. I've had skin grafts, bone grafts, uh, a toe amputated, um, more infections and infectious diseases than I can remotely remember. Um, so I've had a wonderful, wonderful life. Um, and, you know, great career, great everything, but I've been in the hospital a lot. And on June 23rd, 2012, uh, but who's counting? At 10:28 a.m., I was um, went into my ENT, my ear, nose, and throat doctor, also my allergist, to get some new allergy pills because I couldn't breathe, my nose was all stuffed up, and I was um, scheduled to play in the California State Senior Amateur Golf Championships at Pebble Beach. Um, Dagon wasn't going to be up there miserable, not breathing, and not able to compete. So I went to get those uh, pills. They did a bunch of tests, discovered that I was allergic to grass, which for a golfer is the worst imaginable thing. Exactly. Uh, And uh, mind you, I should say, my wife at the time, not wife, my wife thought uh, that it was divine intervention and I was being punished for all of those Saturdays I spent playing golf and not being with her. And there might be some truth in that. Anyway, oh, no. I, yeah, oh, yeah. So three, But three hours later, I walked out with a diagnosis of stage three, stage four throat cancer. Oh, devastating. Now, I, it was one of those, you know, 
I, I'm a marathon runner. I'm ex-professional tennis player. I'm, I, I mean, uh, this was not And you never drank, you never smoked, never like you said. Smoked. Never. Okay, in the 80s, I lived in San Francisco, so I may have smoked a little bit, but never tobacco, and I never inhaled. Never inhaled. If that's the story that uh, President Clinton's going with me, too. But other than that, no, I never smoked tobacco. I never smoked <laughs> a cigarette in my life. Well, anyway, good for so you. here I am, all of a sudden, um, supposedly top of the world, uh, um, owner of the Culver Studios, building Albuquerque, producer, and all of a sudden, I get a death sentence, what I assumed was a death sentence. I started, <laughs> I went to, to my oncologist the next day. She recommended uh, Beverly Hills Cancer Center. And um, okay, guys, well, what do we do now? And they said, well, we're going to have to do surgery first. Um, and we have to warn you that when we do that, um, there's a good chance we have to remove some of part of your tongue, which may leave you unable to speak. Oh, my God. I read that now, book, and I just I had to put the book down for a minute and just think about uh, uh, the terror that you must have gone through. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can tell I kind of like to talk. And, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're good at you're it, too. you're a producer or, or, <laughs> or a studio owner or whatever it is, if you can't talk, you can't make a living. And I was thinking something Exactly, you know, and now you're a speaker, so. Well, yeah, so I said to him, I said, guys, that's not an option. If you take my tongue, I'm already dead. So that ain't happening. What? And I didn't say it meanly, but what, what other choices? They looked at each other going, uh, uh well, <laughs> how about this? We're going to give you as much chemo and radiation as we ethically can. And if you if it doesn't kill you, as it can. If it doesn't kill you, hopefully we can avoid surgery. So we did three months of chemo, followed by 35 straight days of radiation shots to the base of my tongue. Now, I don't know if you've ever had radiation, but it is. No, but I've had two parents who died of cancer, so I get it. Oh, I had one, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so it's like having a cherry bomb explode in your throat. And then I can't even imagine. another one the next day and another one the next day. So they don't heal. They keep getting worse. And every, anyway, at the end of it, I was literally the most miserable person on the face of the planet. I was in excruciating pain. I had unlimited patches. Morphine didn't do anything. Fentanyl. Anyway, so I had these fentanyl patches. And uh, I'd lost 60 pounds. I had lost my ability to speak because it was just too painful, and I couldn't oh. swallow. I'd lost, I'd lost the ability to swallow, so I couldn't eat. So I lost 50 pounds. And my uncle said, if you lose another pound, we have to stop treatment. So, oh, my God. So, I, so I, they kept giving me a hit. At the end of all of that, now, I hadn't worked in a year. My, um, I was running up huge medical bills. Um, didn't know if I'd speak, live, or be able to work again. And was this before or after you had the problem with your partners? You mentioned it in the book that you had a after. legal problem after. with the partners. So you lost, like everything well, at once happened. You just exactly. My partners um, had defrauded me. I had to go to lawsuits with me, Marcus, and then they went bankrupt, and they ended up losing everything with, with the bankruptcy of Lehman Marcus. Uh, 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 Marcus with um, um, I'll think of their name in a minute. The, the, the huge banking company that. Um, 
went bankrupt. I, I'm having sure. a chemo moment here. Uh, anyway, so here I am. My life is a misery, and I'm now all of a sudden I wake up in the hospital with a life-threatening septic infection at the site of my court. Holy crap. Now I'm dying of cancer. I have no immune system, and now I've got an infection. They can't even figure out the name of let alone treat. So I was at my lowest point. If there ever was a time in my entire life when a little bit of human kindness in that hospital would have void my spirit, it was then. And boy, I need some voiding of spirit. And I got zero. I got the exact polar opposite. These people were the most insensitive, inattentive, unkind, inhumane, rude um, just detached and cold. Exactly. They were like a top. They were like robots, except they were mean. I don't think robots are mean. I think robots just do what they do. But they were robotic in what they did with me. There was no human connection at all. And here was the problem for me with that. And I hear a lot of other people too. Is that when we're in a medical situation, whether it's that dire or not, we're terrified. Um, our lives are at stake. We don't know what's going to happen. What are you going to tell us? What are you going to find? What are you? So when they don't do that, and I put, I trust them enough to put my life in their hands, and they treat yes. me like crap. Yes. I yes. assume they're right. They, they, they know better than I do. I am a pile of crap. I am the aging white male in 2212 with uh, cancer and an infection. I'm not Lee Tomlinson's studio. This. Movie make, blah, blah, blah. I'm not any of that. I am just a number in a room, just a body. So I decided I would end my life. The world would be a better place without me. They had convinced me. And I had enough fentanyl patches. All I do is put on enough of them and go to sleep, and my family would be left with a gigantic, it's called a key man life insurance policy. It was worth way more than I was. It was a ton of money. Well, I'm sure they die. would have rather had you, but <laughs> well, I at the time I didn't think. Oh, I can't. I, it's unimaginable what you me. went through. Of course, so, Who wouldn't feel that yeah, way. So, well, yeah. So I I was going to do that, but I needed to know how many patches because if I put too many on, it's suicide. You can't collect. So uh, after I got out of the hospital, a couple of days after I got out, um, uh, a friend. Uh, in fact, uh, you may know him from your, your entertainment days. A fellow named Dr. D. Nadell. Used to be America's doctor. He was on 200 radio stations. Did an hour long. Yes, I, I know his name. You know, I've heard well, of him. A great guy, great friend. Uh, um, and he came to visit. And I managed, although speaking was excruciating, to croak out all of my complaints and all the horrible things they had done to me and how angry and frustrated and and I was about to say, and so how many patches should I put on? And he stopped me for a moment, let me breathe, put his hand on my arm and said very softly, Lee, I am absolutely so, so, so very sorry for the fact that you had no compassion while you were being treated. He said, it is criminal. He said, it is so hurtful, and I can see what it's done to you. He said, and I make a suggestion. He asked my permission. I said, sure, Dean, whatever. He said, you know, rather than giving up and giving in, how about this? How about you fight and live? And if you're lucky enough to succeed, how about you spend the rest of your life reminding healthcare professionals, like those that, you know, should you support in the hospital, reminding them of the absolute 
absolute necessity of providing care that is both competent and compassionate, not one or the other, in order to get the best feelings for their patients. And in that moment, his politeness, his respect, his kindness, his thought that I could make a difference, his thought that I could make a difference in healthcare in the world. His confidence in renewed, you. It renewed my spirit to live, renewed my will to fight. And it's so good and beautiful. He was your angel, you know, the messenger. He was every single bit of that. And that's yeah. what got me on the road. Right. to start a movement or something. Yes, yes, a movement. I didn't know what a movement was. Like, I hardly knew what compassion was. So I began to study it, um, trying to think of, so how do I start a movement? Um, and discovered the immense, scientifically proven, without doubt, healing benefits of being given compassion and giving compassion. The benefits are the same for both. Imagine that. Imagine if a doctor gave a shot to a patient of some, you know, hypodermic uh, shot, and they got the same benefit. That's what compassion does. And it's not just a little bit. It is literally so powerful and measurable. It's so like what Wayne Dyer used to say, you know, you remember exactly Wayne Dyer, the spiritual he, yeah, say, you give something well, of well, yourself and he says there's a little secret, you, you get it back, you know, because you feel so good doing something nice for someone else. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, yeah. I loved in your book, and by the way, everyone listening, it's just it's a, give, give everyone the name of the book uh, as we're listening on your website. as we called Compassion Heals. Compassion Heals, right, it's on Kindle. From Self-Care. To healthcare. It's on Kindle and it's on Amazon. Oh, um, awesome. And, Great. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, but my point was in the book, I loved when you said that it's not about, in fact, it's funny, I was reading this before I did my panel, you know, because patient advocates and, um, and we're, we all talk about this all the time, our diagnosis and that, you know, some had devastating moments like as, as I did, uh, and, um, and then I had a great doctor who saved me. But in your book you, you say it's not about what you do, it's about how somebody makes you feel, you know. Yes. And yeah. and that's it, because you never, like I said the other day, you never forget. There's some moments you want to forget in your life, but some you can't. You won't. You can't forget the way <laughs> a doctor has made you feel. Yeah. And then you yeah. remember the ones who made you feel so wonderful. And look at this. It changed yeah. your whole life as a catalyst. Yeah. Saved my whole life. Saved my life. Saved not your whole life. Changed saved your whole life. Saved your whole life. Yeah. It. Saved I it. mean, I would not be here. And, and, and understand, let me make this very clear is this is my work is not about beating up healthcare workers. You know No, yes, I notice you're not a doctor sense. basher. No, God no, or nurse or 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 parking attendant or bills uh, uh, payment whatever. None of that. I mean, those people get into medicine because they're among the most kindest, lovingest people on the face of the planet. All they want to do is to remove others' pain. But they are so loving that they give too much of themselves. Burn and they out. don't take care of their own needs, and they burn out. 60% pre-COVID, 60% of today's healthcare workers work so hard, they're burned out. And one of the symptoms of burnout is emotional numbness. Well, guess Detachment. what? Detachment. If you, Yeah, if you're detached, yeah. You can't be compassionate because you can't feel another's pain. And you, if you can't feel their pain, you're not going to be moved to try and solve it. So they become 
robots. I'm just doing the numbers of what I was told to do. I'm yeah. not human anymore. And so my real message is, is just to be clear, is so, um, guys, if, you know, the World Health Organization declared that providing care that is both competent and compassion is a necessity for the best, quickest, longest-lasting treatment. So you must do it, and you've got to put you first to make sure you're healthy enough and able to be compassionate under conditions that are unimaginable for the rest of us. Yeah, they have to balance, like you said, the physical, mental, spiritual, that's what I always talk about, and the energy, you know, the energy that you bring to life, to your friends, your family, your job, and take care of yourself first. And, you know, it's pretty hard when you have a busy practice to be meditating and (laughs) doing yoga and all the good things that help nutrition, you know, because they burn out too many hours in the hospital. Yes, and and so my message is, is, you're not doing anybody a favor. I know you think it's noble. I'm going to keep pushing until every human on the face of the planet is healthy. Folks, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You will kill yourself. And when you're burned out, not only will you kill yourself, I was burned out when I got diagnosed with cancer by every criteria I was in. And then I got cancer. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Because when you're burned out, you're so exhausted, your immune system you know, goes out the door. So absolutely up to mental, obviously mental misery, emotional misery, and physical misery. So, you know, it's like uh, you want people to be happy, be kind to them. You want to be happy, be kind to them. You know, give compassion. So it's not always about getting it. It's about giving it. You want to feel loved and appreciated and seen and heard. Be kind to somebody. So it now, works. do you go all over speaking? I, I understand you go all over the world now I, speaking. And I, I do. I, I have the, have had since I <laughs> learned how to speak again, um, which was actually I took a course in 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 how to talk uh, and swallow. I had to learn how to do it. The answer is I've had the privilege of doing over two hundred keynotes in the last six years, all over the world. Fabulous. East to west, north, south, out of the country, all over the place, and address every imaginable type of healthcare professional. It has been a rare privilege to speak to people who have dedicated their lives to saving the lives of others, an honor. And uh, I hope that maybe I've inspired some of them to take better care of themselves so they can take better care of us. Oh, I'm sure you have, just by, by simply reading your book and talking to you, you know. I mean, tell us about your TED Talk. Well, so here I am. I'm, you know, I, I'm just barely out of treatment, um, trying to recover my voice, learning to swallow again, learning to speak. And um, I'm thinking, you know, with Dean's help, I'm thinking, well, so, you know, that's what he did on the radio for 25 years, an hour TV. You know, I had to do keynotes. I had to do speeches. And... I'm thinking, how do I, how do I do that? I mean, how do you, where do you, who do you ask? Where do you go? What do you, anyway, so all of a sudden, uh, Eli Lilly uh, was one of the people whose drugs I used when I was in treatment. I get a call from them, 
saying, um, you know, we'd like to uh, talk to you uh, about your experience and, you know, take your whatever, whatever, and, you know, see how it went and blah, 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 blah. And they said, oh, and by the way, we're holding a TED conference, and uh, we'd like you to be the opening speaker. Wow. Uh, what? Now, I had looked up, and it's like... Hey, you didn't have any experience. Zero. And you had it's just come out never... of this traumatic ex- event yeah. Yeah. in your life. Yeah. We'd like you to share your story as the open, not just as a speaker, as the opening speaker oh, of my... our day-long TED <laughs> event. <laughs>
changed how I looked at cancer. I realized that my uh, good fortune uh, and honor to be able to address groups of incredibly smart, skilled, heart-driven healthcare professionals try to use my experience to improve the quality of their life and seeing the impact that that has on them and that they've shared with me in thousands and thousands of letters has given me more joy than anything I have ever done in my life. This is my purpose. This is why I'm alive. This is why I had cancer, because if I hadn't, I would still be in entertainment. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was wonderful. Sure. It wasn't my purpose. My yeah, purpose and it's a very different to... feeling when you inspire people, and they, they uh, come to you and they say, oh, my God, you changed my life, and, and yeah. there's just or a feeling. It. And I can or imagine with it. you, because you're speaking all over the world now, and yes. it's, it's yes. just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. It's my and what, honor What's and your pleasure. next step? What have you had planned for... for you know, well, the future. Now the pandemic's calming down, so you'll probably be out there more. Were you doing Zoom conferences last year? Yeah, yeah, horrible. Um, yeah, Zoom conferences all over the place. Uh, yeah. I've got some now scheduled um, in the United States. Not, I've got one actually somewhere in Europe, but I don't know where. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to start actually being physically there. Obviously, the pandemic allowed me to finish my book, so I'm, you know, again, doors opening and closing. Here's the pandemic. It's right. horrible. I didn't have a speaking opportunity for a year. You know, I mean, because they had a few other things going on than listening to me speak, the healthcare professionals in our country. Um, but somebody said to me, Lee, you're never going to reach 20 million healthcare professionals with speaking and a book. You've got to go back to your entertainment background. You've got to make a movie and distribute it worldwide. So oh, you should, working- absolutely. We are working on uh, a movie that is tentatively titled Compassion Heals, like my book, except the tagline is You, Me, the World. And in it, we will obviously um, demonstrate with interviews and stories and whatever else the immense healing power of compassion, the proof of that, the proof of what happens when we don't get this patient, the proof of what happens when healthcare professionals burn out and the damages that is that are done, and the hopefully inspire people to be more kind, to be more considerate. Because it's Amazing. again the old saying, if you want to feel if you want to make someone happy, be kind. If you yes. want to be happy, be kind. Do something so for it, someone else. It, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's an absolute scientifically proven means that costs nothing. And if there ever was a time, people say, well, you know, uh, you know, kind act isn't going to make a difference. Well, I disagree. Let me tell you why. Again, scientifically proven. When you are kind to someone, the tendency is, the high probability is that they will pass it along. Because people are in a good mood. When you do something kind, you open a door for someone who's behind you, you pay for the coffee of the person, you know, on the other side, you help somebody with a box, you open a door, whatever. And the smallest thing. Absolutely. They they pass it along. Yes. I I know yesterday my sister called me and she has her own health challenges and she said, you know, I dropped off some flowers to the woman upstairs, you know, who's 
husband's in a wheelchair and I think he's got cancer. And she said, I just, I had, I I wanted to, and she doesn't speak English, the woman who's down the hall in her condo. And I could just tell, as an example, my sister was lifted by it. And I said, that's so amazing. Yes. She has her own health issues, you know. It's just a point of your story, you know. It's so true. Those are the smallest thing, you know. Well, and what what we're also doing is, just to mention it, um, is we're asking people to ask, to do something. If they want to see more kindness in the world, if they want to see more uh, love, I mean, again, it sounds like the 60s, but truly, then they need to commit. We get what's called the Compassion Heals Challenge. And what it is is we say, okay, go to my website, sign up, and for seven days, you agree, every day you will do one intentional kind act per day. One a day. Now, if you miss a day, you can do two in one day. <laughs> oh, I love okay, that. That's saying, great. Over a week, we call it the Care of the Compassion Heals Challenge. And, you know, people go to challenge.leetomlinson.com. Sign up, and we'll send you reminders every day just to make sure you don't forget. And those seven kind acts, what if we had a million people who took the challenge? That'd be seven million kind acts in the world that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And um, Like as many people as got, that got vaccines. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Huge I mean, amount of people. And then they pass it along. We could have tens of millions, hundreds of millions of kind acts. Do you think that'd save a few lives like it did mine? I guarantee it. Will it save a life every time? No. But you will make someone who all everybody has hurt. Everybody has a great battle they're fighting. All with the Gandhi, be the, be the change in the world that you want to be. Yes. Or yes. that you want to see, just, you know, rather. And if, yeah. yeah. Paying it forward, you know. One, Just be kind one and compassionate. Yep. And yep. those moments, you remember the bad moments as well as you remember all the good over and over again. And I always say that when I'm speaking to these, you know, uh, pre-med students, you know. Um, yep. It's like you. I had yep. some very good care along the way. But we could talk forever, and I am I will have to wrap it up. But um, I want everyone to know your website. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It could go on. We could go on and on. We have so much to right. cover, you know. We have to have well, you Kristen, back and you have your documentary. Absolutely. But, Lee, first, let's um, – because yes, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your thoughts so fast, but let's let's give no. people your website again and the name of your book. Yeah, the book is Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. It's very, to healthcare. available on Kindle and Amazon. Um, and my website is very clever. It's um, Lee Tomlinson, E-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N. Dot com, LeeTomlinson.com. Well, you are the greatest inspiration, honestly. I'm, <laughs> I'm sometimes just, I'm almost at a loss for words, which is unusual for me, because the book, everyone, you have to buy, I read it in a day. It was just, I sat out on my patio and just wow. couldn't put it down. It's just an amazing wow. story. Um, and so, Thank can you. they reach your TED Talk on your website, too? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah, it's posted there. You can see full-length keynotes. Uh, there's all sorts of, you know, examples on there. So, yeah, absolutely. TED Talks there, um, a talk I did to what, 4,500 oncology nurses all at the same time in person. That was Beautiful. an astounding experience. Me. Oh, I'm I can imagine. 
I can I imagine. I love those women. I we'll never talk married about a 40... second vision story. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, uh, life is good. Uh, every day I wake up and am grateful that I'm above ground. So I thank the well, universe. I thank people like you. And uh, I thank every doctor, nurse, and healthcare professional on the face of the planet. Well, and, and it comes through in your tone. I just want you to know that you sound so enthusiastic and, and so passionate, and that's what it's all about, you know, yeah. passion and purpose. Yeah. So yes. best of luck yes. to you, and we'll have you back Thank on you. when you have your documentary. I hope to see it on Netflix. <laughs> your lips, God's ears. Uh, Kristen, I appreciate it. Uh, talk to you soon, and keep up Absolutely. your work as well. Thank right? you. Thank you, My Lee, pleasure. and stay well. Peace. God bless. I promise. For Bye-bye. those of you listening... I'm Kristen McDonald. My guest has been Lee Tomlinson, and I hope you check out his book, and I hope you have a blessed day and, uh, and find your passion and purpose if you haven't found it yet. I'm Kristen McDonald.